0: Welcome to Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate and postdoctoral research here at Queens. My name is Sujinda DJ Bear, and I'm your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs and CFRC. So thank you very much to both of them. Now, if you missed the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day via CFRC Podcast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. And I know you're wondering what happened to our lovely regular Grad Chat host, CJ the DJ. Why is this other person introducing the show? Who is this person, really? Well, somehow I managed to convince CJ the DJ to let me hijack her show for an episode a year during the holidays. And I turned the tables a little bit by having her come in as a guest to Grad Chat to answer my questions about hosting the show, about graduate and postdoctoral research, and about events, activities, and resources available for students from the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs. So if you have not had a chance to tune in to Grad all year, this episode is a terrific way to get a peek of what your peers are up to, what the SGSPA is up to, And like I said in the intro, you can always download the full episodes at any time from your favorite platform of choice, though I strongly suggest that you check out and subscribe to the CFRC Podcast Network, and you can find it at podcast.cfrc.ca. Without further ado, I will get started with this year's holiday special with a special treat calling in from her lovely home in Australia. Welcome to Gratchat, Chat, CJ the DJ. Thank you for joining us in today.
1: Well, g'day, everyone. It's a little warmer over here than it is in Canada right now, and it's uh, fabulous, actually, to still be on the show because I was getting a bit worried that we, you know, we certainly can't miss a show because we've been every week since January 2016. So I was really pleased that Suyin said yes to taking over and making sure this all works Uh, Because you never know what's going to happen with the technology with me being so far away. So I really appreciate that um, and uh, welcome. Thank you. How is it going? How does it feel to be back home? It's been been three years since I've been home. The the last time I was there was uh, Christmas 2019. And we're in the midst of a lot of bushfires in Australia. So I was wearing a mask for that and you know 3 years later of course we've been in covid shutdowns and things so i haven't had a chance to go back although i am still wearing a mask but this time just to protect myself to make sure i don't bring any bugs into australia that could be covid related and vice versa i don't pick up anything so fingers crossed everything's going to be okay so far so good well i'm glad that you're back home and i'm
0: glad that you're enjoying your holiday you're very missed thank you Now, for those of you who don't know, though, if you are a graduate student or postdoctoral fellow at Queen's, you should. Colette Steer, or CJ the DJ, is a manager of graduate experience at the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs. So we're very thankful for all of the amazing and hard work that you put towards ensuring that graduate students and postdoctoral fellows feel supported and get all of these fantastic opportunities. So thank you for giving me this opportunity because it's a fantastic learning experience for me. So I'm very thankful for that and for everything you do. And I know that for these holiday specials, we normally do an overview of the episodes featuring Grad Chat uh, during the fall. But as we always do here in GradChat, we like to change things up a bit. So I thought that this time I could ask you more questions about GradChat and what it is like for you to host a show and to talk about all of these opportunities for students to mobilize their research and to learn, to share their research with the community and to to learn to talk about it to the general public. And I also wanted to emphasize all of these other opportunities that are offered to them to build community and, and the importance of that. Okay. So this was a big year, seven years
1: mm-hmm. of Grad Chat. How does that feel? It sounds pretty awesome, actually, because when we first started back in 2016, I never thought it would still be going. And, and, and like I said, we're, we're very fortunate that... It's not always new interviews that we have each week because in summer, as we've been doing the past few years, we've um, been re-showing some of our uh, Mm -hmm. exciting interviews that we've had just to give us a bit of a break. But nonetheless, we still have been having a show every week. And I think what's really good about this is just the fact that we've been going since 2016. There's no shortage of students and postdocs that we can interview. Because Mm -hmm. we keep getting new students coming in, grad students coming in to do research. And therefore, there's new projects going on. And it's just been absolutely fascinating. And then on the other side of that, of course, is that, you know, grad studies isn't just about the research programs. We also have a lot of professional master's programs. And some of them still have research projects, but of course, not as big as if you're doing a dissertation or thesis. And it's been interesting to find out how those programs work, whether they're online or in person, whether the person, the student is still working full time and they're doing this part time or working full time. But because it's online, they can do it after hours. And so it's just great to see all the differences that we have here in grad studies and which provides a plethora of, of topics that we can talk about each week. So that's really good. I know. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I know we discuss
0: this regularly during our special episodes of GradChat Chat this year. But I wanted to talk about this again because podcasting has become such a popular format mm-hmm. through which students can share their research or have discussions about their own fields of study and from when you started, so we're coming from 2016 and over the years, CFRC started doing the podcast option in addition to the live shows that we have each week. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any significant changes in the interest from students signing up for Grad Chat? Because I know that a lot of the time, especially during orientation, we really encourage them to do this as part of learning how to talk about their research in a different format or to the general public. Mm-hmm. And I know that podcasts weren't really being thought of as much in in certain disciplines as a way to mobilize your knowledge or mobilize your research or discuss your research. Sometimes we had to nudge a little bit. (laughs) Um, And because of that familiarity with podcasting and the expansion of these platforms, offering different ways to discuss your research to a general public, do you Have you seen a significant change in that?
1: I I think there has been a change. From the get-go, we were doing podcasting. At that stage, it wasn't through CFRC because they weren't offering it. So unfortunately, we had to go outside and pay for it. But we thought it was important in the first place because, you know, CFRC has been a great platform to get information out. But of course, CFRC Radio only goes so far in terms of reachability, which is why we wanted to still do a podcast, if we could, to potentially reach more people. Now, over the last seven years, of course, podcasting has got huge. I mean, you can often see people going down the road and they've downloaded this podcast or that podcast. And you know, before, people used to listen to music on their phones and things while they're running. And now they're probably listening to podcasts. Um, And so, it has huge potential and has huge reach. So, that part has been really, really important. The other part is, and kudos to CFRC doing this, not only taking on the podcasting with the help of engineering and applied science, but also having opportunities for students to learn how to do it. So it means one thing putting it out there, but you we still want to make things professional as much as we can. So CFRC have been great in sort of teaching people about what is podcasting. And then of course giving them the platform if you've if you've got something, we can stick it on the podcast uh, platform for them. And also the other part is Talking to my colleagues around the country at other universities, more and more students and and grad offices are thinking about what is the potential of podcasting. Uh, And the nice thing is you can get it all created and then offer it to stations like CFRC saying, you know, as a department, we've done six episodes in this particular theme. Would you be interested in putting it on the radio? And so it's not only a podcast, but it's also on the radio because a lot of people are are quite interested. So there's that. And then, of course, the learning side of it, as you mentioned, Uh, we do need to provide more opportunities for our students to showcase the great work that they're doing, both in their research, but also in their communication skills. They need to learn that as well, because it's not that easy, particularly with some subjects which are really quite tricky. And it, you know, we need to make it in a way that more people can have access to understanding the great work that they're doing. So, podcasts is certainly an, an awesome opportunity there that people can do individually, they can do as a group, or they can do as a department if they want to. And uh, thank goodness, uh, you know, stations like CFRC are contributing to that in a big way.
0: Yes, that's absolutely true. It is essential. And, you know, I, I get asked this question a lot during orientation and I get a chance to ask you directly <laughs> as the interviewer, as the host of the show. So do you think students should do grad chat early in their degree, in the middle or a later stage? Because some students feel like they don't, they, they're just starting and some, some programs are only two years or they're more... They're very research-oriented or they have a combination of internships, research work, or some of them require a very long thesis or practicums, lab, things, every. There is not this linear stage of your degree that applies to every graduate student. But I I do get that question
1: of... When should they do it? When -hmm. should they do it? And it's a great question. I mean, if we solely said this was about research when theoretically you need to have something already put together, you've done your research and now you're sort of writing it up, theoretically. However, because this is also a learning platform, what is important then is coming on at different times and practicing talking about, and it doesn't have to be about your research. I mean, some programs don't have research. So talking about, you know, why did you come to your, come to do this program? What was the impetus for it? Uh, what are you hoping to achieve? What are you hoping to do after? The, the purpose is, is to get the student talking comfortably, without notes all the time, but being comfortable. And that's not an easy fate for some people. So if it means coming on a few times, To be able to practice that—that's great. We'll make it as comfortable as possible. And if we, after we've done the recording, if they don't like it, we don't have to air it. (laughs) So I think that's the important thing. We don't do many live shows because that's too too scary for some for most students at this point in time. But because it's a learning experience, let's make the place a safe space, uh, a comfortable space. And so, if you just want to practice go for it. Let's let's have a chat. And then you can see how easy it is. And then as you're going through, maybe you've got a bit more, you know, you're going to collect your research or you've just won a major award and things. And, you know, where did you get that funding from? And they can bring all that in, which is, again, learning about how to acknowledge people who have, or groups that have helped you along the way in an easy format. And then, of course, towards the end of the degree, you want to be going, look what we have done. It's not always rocket science stuff. It's not always, you know, what people might think, well, well, how does it impact me? But everything that our students do has an impact in some way. It could be small, it could be big. Sometimes we don't even realise it, but it has an impact. And so they need those opportunities to to talk about it. So back to your original question, I think it comes down to how comfortable a student is of when they want to come. Do they want to use this time at school to learn different skills, in which case, don't just try it once. Try it a couple of times because you'll be you'll be surprised how much you learn from each each time you do it. And so the next one you're more comfortable, etc. But if you only want to do one, then perhaps wait until you've got a bit more information behind your research. Then you can talk a bit more about this is this was my thought. This is what I'm planning to do. This is what I've done, and this is what we're thinking is going to be the end result. That's great great advice I think well you Especially got more for... comfortable Look at you you got more and more comfortable being <laughs> on the radio
0: yes I did it's difficult to, to organize all of your thoughts mm-hmm. and to just simplify yes and sometimes that's the struggle because reducing everything that you want to say yep. <laughs> to a sentence because it doesn't need to be <laughs> this elaborate question and I'm always I always love how you synthesize Questions, especially when you're dealing with very complex topics, right? Yes, and I I love how you really set up the conversation. So you go, "There's, what is that?" Without having to say, in your own words, tell me what that is. And and I think that it can be yes, very scary. But at the same time, I'm always really surprised when they answer so comfortably and they go
1: oh kind of like the light bulb goes off okay we're just having a conversation here I don't have to be all technical I'm just chatting with a mate and that's why I think most of the time people forget we're just having a chat forget the fact it's being recorded we're just chatting I want to find out about what you're doing so explain it to me And if I'm not sure what you're saying, I'm going to ask you to clarify, (laughs) (laughs) which gives you an opportunity to re-say what you've done in a way that, because you should get from that, that, okay, she didn't quite get it. So clearly I'm not saying it as well as perhaps I should. How else Mm -hmm. can I say it? Yes. And
0: even for you, there are moments when you're not sure if, if, if either person is going to be able to answer the question Mm -hmm. for example so even you give yourself cues uh, we might not put this in but let's just go for it let's just go with it see where it goes and I think that really helps because you don't feel like you have to know it all be prepared for every question that you're asking of them it's really about if you don't know the answer that's okay we'll edit it out yeah but it's something else to think about then and and I feel like we sometimes especially when there's always new research to incorporate there's always new things to learn about everything yes sometimes you appreciate when someone understands that you might not know right now yes and that's okay to say look
1: you know what I don't know Mm -hmm. and that's okay we shouldn't be embarrassed to say I don't know
0: yes and I thank you for that because I, I it's really some it creates a very supportive environment where it and it, that contributes a lot to how you communicate your ideas mm-hmm. to the public or to someone else, because you're not trying to impress anybody in your field. It's, it's you just want to talk about what excites you about what you do, right? And the
1: question is, you never, you never know what someone's going to ask you. I mean, I can give you questions that sometimes that the students have come up with themselves because they're points that they want to get across, which is fantastic. But I do ad lib as well. Because things pop into my head as they're giving an answer and I'm going, Oh, maybe I don't quite understand that, or something else pops into my mind and I'm going, ah, that brings me on to blah blah blah. But if we don't get tested sometimes with questions that we're not expecting, then when it happens in out in the real world, so to speak, without this comfort area that we're in, this little bubble we're in to try and, and learn then you're never going to have a, you could really sort of struggle and then that will just put you back further. So people need to throw questions at you just to see how you're going to react and then you can learn from that.
0: Yes, that, that sounds like a really great activity for a, a writing camp. Well, there you go. <laughs>
1: 20 questions. We know how you, how you do in the writing. Um, Was that that free writing? Just write down whatever comes into your head. Well, I find those
0: activities incredibly stressful, to be honest. Oh, do you? I had to do that for a workshop, and all I wrote was, I don't know. I don't like this. This is too stressful. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure to think of things to say right now. And it's supposed to be free writing, but I find it incredibly stressful because then the, the level of... Someone is expecting something from me right. <laughs> that I'm supposed to be able to do, but I, my brain freezes. Which, it's in, sort which of is interesting that you it. said
1: that because the point of free writing, if I understand it correctly, is whatever comes into your mm-hmm. brain, you write down, whether it makes sense or not, whether it's got good sentence structure or not, it doesn't matter, just write it down and then you go back after and pull out the pertinent points that you can use later.
0: Yes, But I think that this is this sounds really funny in a way. Very convoluted, but we're learning that we don't learn the same way. Correct. Which shouldn't be a surprise.
1: Which shouldn't surprise us because we're all different. (laughs) Yes. Exactly.
0: I really enjoyed editing this year's episodes. They were really great discussions. This fall you had more opportunities to record at the studio in addition to recording remotely. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience hosting Ratchet after what it felt, at least to me, like a very sudden ease of COVID restrictions this academic year in comparison to the last. Right. Um,
1: that's a good. That's a good to- question. It was nice to be back in the studio because it's been a long time. The scary part going back into the studio is that they've got new equipment. <laughs> So the first time I went back oh. in there, I would go, "Oh, this panel looks a little bit different to what I'm used to." So which buttons do I press this time? So straight off the bat, I needed uh, you know Chance and Alex to come in from the studio to explain to me which buttons to press to get things sorted straight off. And then there was another pa- used to be another bank of uh, switches on to the left of the the main table that I used to switch on and that's all gone. <laughs> so I'm going, okay, I guess I don't have to switch too much on anymore. But luckily Chance did a, um, took a photo of me for it. So I knew what to press, what had to be lit up and what didn't. <laughs> so, so it was great having all this new equipment in the recording studio it was long overdue and thanks to the fundraising they were able to get more um, some newer equipment uh, which has made things a lot easier and uh, a lot more clarity we had a couple of hiccups um, in, uh, in a couple of episodes where some sort of static was coming in but chance to the rescue he sort of figured out what that was and so we don't have that issue so that was a bit scary. Like I said, that was a bit scary first up. And also the studio next door, which sometimes you used to be able to use for you know, if you have multiple people doing one interview at the same time, it's kind of been changed into more of a, a band recording studio, which is absolutely awesome. And I keep forgetting that I shouldn't probably go through that room to get to the recording studio. I should go around the back. <laughs> so little things like that was a bit was a bit strange, but uh, things are a lot better now. And then in terms of speaking, I mean, the one thing about when we were in COVID, luckily we were able to use software that we weren't just recording online. I could actually still see the student, so we still had the interaction of talking to each other as opposed to just talking to some squiggles on a screen so that helped but being in person again to me was the ultimate yes factor because I love speaking to people in person because there's only so much you can get off a screen and in person you can see how people are reacting a little bit better and you can get a bit more comfortable Um, for instance even now talking to you right now and we're online my camera is actually over to the right, but I've got you in straight in front of me. <laughs> so theoretically, I'm not actually looking. I mean, I'm looking at you, but it looks like I'm looking somewhere else. But, uh, it, you know, it's a bit awkward on that. But in the studio, one, it's great to have that. Two, I can show the students more about, you know, this is what a studio looks like and these are the kind of things that you need to be aware of. and These are the kind of things that you can do here, etc. I can't do that online. So coming back into the studio has been, um, a godsend really. You brought something really, mm-hmm. really fascinating
0: here in this discussion and, you know, that experience of having the, the guest in front of you and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that there is this also sense of relief. Uh, I know that you were able to go back to Elbow Lake this year in
1: person. Yes. As well. Thank goodness. That was lovely. Yeah.
0: And also other writing bootcamps, dissertation writing bootcamps uh, for PA day for graduate students, children. And, and that was in person too and
1: virtual, uh, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, the bootcamp we did uh, hybrid. Hybrid, yes. Which is and a bit tricky, but we got it to work. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Dissertation on the Lake. For those of you who do not know yet, it is a writing retreat for graduate students at Queen's organized by CJ the DJ as part of the SGPA's commitment to offer opportunities for students to work on their dissertations without interruptions, to provide opportunities for building community across programs, and to offer a space for graduate students to engage in outdoor activities like hiking, swimming, canoeing. And, and which all helps to ease the strains of dissertation mm-hmm. writing. And the other writing camps, uh, they offer all of this support from advisors from Student Academic Success Services, and most importantly for students with parents, childcare do, for PA days, yes. which yes. Um, but- if you are. Co- New to Canada next year, or in a new international student coming in, you these days are days where the schools are closed. So there's no activities for children for and therefore teacher training. So you end up having to find uh, childcare for that day. And these writing camps offer the childcare components so you can still come in and work on your dissertation. And it's at a subsidized price, which is fantastic for or graduate student parents, you as the primary organizer and mastermind of these events, (laughs) these are not easy to execute at all. And can you tell us why is this such an important part of your lineup? Right. And I already mentioned a couple of those dishes. But yeah,
1: it, it is important. I mean, particularly for re- those students in in the research fields, I often hear from the students, oh, I, I found this other book, which was really interesting. I thought I should read that. And then I found this other book. Da, 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 da. But at some stage, you've got to stop reading or stop researching and actually write it up. And so a lot of students find it difficult to narrow the scope of what they're going to be doing in their research. But at the end of the day, if you want your degree, you've got to have it written up in some form or another. And of course, there's new forms coming out of how you can do that. So the the purpose of these camps is to provide an opportunity where, you know, often, sorry, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Often students have a lot of other things going on in their lives that can distract them for me, able to sit down and just concentrate writing. Writing is not an easy thing to do for most people, but you do need to sort of block off some time to be able to do it. Whether that's two hours a day, three hours a day, or more, you do. It's eventually need to block off some time. So, when there's no TAing to be done or courses to be done or other work opportunities that they might have along the way, how can we provide avenues for them to? get rid of all those distractions including emails and and social media how do we get rid of all of that and give them a a safe space to write and that's the importance of these camps so the primary goal is of course giving them opportunity to get into their writing and most of them find and I don't like to quantify how well they succeeded in writing by the number of pages because sometimes the, the process that they're going through is actually the editing part as opposed to just writing because there's you know, lots of stages of writing. So it's not by that, but have they felt they've accomplished something? And most people say what they've done in one day, three days, four days, five days is more than they would have done in a month or more. So it does help. So that's one part. So the, that's the primary goal. Can we get them into getting their writing done. So is it one chapter, two chapters, whatever, or it's just the introductions, or it's just editing these two areas. The second part, of course, which is really really important, is that building community. And particularly around this time, particularly if they're near the end, they're starting to get a little tired. (laughs) But it's still important to have community around and support around. And sometimes it's even nice to have that community that's outside of your field of study. So you're talking to people about different things and, and that's the beauty of these camps because during meal times or times when you're not writing, you can go out and chat with each other about absolutely everything. If you want some help on your, you know, you've got an idea and you're not quite sure how to phrase it, ask one of the other students whether they're in your program mm-hmm. or not. Or you can just talk about absolutely anything other than academics. And that's okay because you've got time to sort of relax a little bit and just enjoy yourself because building community and taking time off to relax is really, really important to being productive. We all know if we keep working, 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 productivity actually goes down. So you need to give yourself a break and this allows you to be productive and take a break
0: yes that's very true it really helps you grind yourself and 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 rebalance yourself and your work routine when you do it and we you're right to bring up that that area that there's a certain point when you are in the last stages where you're no longer on campus a lot of our students were on campus during the pandemic to begin Mm -hmm. with too but there are also students whose programs are online so they don't get as many opportunities Or reasons to be, or uh, the ability to be on campus to meet their cohorts or to engage in activities on on campus or in their departments. So I I find that we had a couple of people who were in online programs or who were doing were at a stage where they didn't they didn't live in Kingston anymore, or they were in nearby and coming into dissertation on the lake or coming into the writing camps specifically allow for them to reconnect. Correct. Feel like they still belong even though physically or geographically they're not always here but just having the chat and that reassurance and understanding that yes actually that is pretty normal that at this stage is just like <laughs> I don't I don't know how I got here or things like that it, it, it's confusing but it, it becomes a very solitary mm-hmm. experience in so many ways so I am thankful that that
1: that continues to be part of the lineup right each, <laughs> each and year. I you know is it cost-effective if you look at those things? Not necessarily, but it's an important aspect. And we know that the students have, who have been through those programs have actually done extremely well and been able to finish. And that's mm-hmm. the important part. I mean, even the ones that were at Dissertation on the Lake, um, you know, some of them finished to be able to graduate in the in the fall. So it's, it's yes. exciting.
0: Absolutely. And- I, I I could we could talk for hours honestly that that's for sure <laughs> but I know that we're we're running out of time next week CJ the DJ is gonna be joining us again yes
1: and it's gonna be a new year it's been New Year one yes so I would have got over my festivities in in Australia and of course New Year's a little bit earlier in Australia than it is in Canada so be well That's and truly true. into the new year
0: so tune in because we're going to be discussing what's coming up in Grachat for 223 you're going to want to find out about that this yes. is very exciting and all of the programming coming up from the School of Graduate Studies and postdoctoral affairs. <laughs>
1: you got it. <laughs> I got it. I practiced a lot. So, 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 you know, I just want to say thank you very much for, well, taking over while I've been away, <laughs> so, this, oh. which is really good, and uh, sort of allowing me to still sort of link in and uh, be a part of it. So um, I do know from myself, I do wish everyone happy holidays, as they, as you all say, happy holidays, and take a break. It's important that our students take a break. We all need to take a break and recharge, and uh, we know then we'll have a great new year coming up in 2023. So thank you very much for having me on your show today. Ah, you're welcome. And thank you to your nephew for helping you set it up. I know. I know. I I couldn't have done it without him. (laughs) He's the tech person. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. You deserve it too. Thank you. And we'll chat next week. Yes, we certainly will in 2023. Thank you again
0: for having me on the show. Okay, so that's it everyone. Another week of Gratchat suddenly comes to an end. Don't forget that you can download the podcast the next day via Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify and CFRC Podcast Network. Yep. So until next week, this is in the DJ Bear and CJ the DJ signing up with with the big
1: hooray. hooray.